Great to be back on Search the Scriptures once again with all of our listeners. Welcome to the program today. So thankful to hear from so many of you who are listening. Many of you on a daily basis are close to it. Thankful to, that there are so many out there who want to learn the Bible more fully. Many of you may not be able to listen daily, but you listen very frequently as you have the opportunity, and others less frequently. But again, as your schedule allows, you find yourself near a radio at the right times, you tune us in, and you catch us again. And we're so thankful for all of you. We're thankful for the ones who are listening, perhaps for the very first time today. We're thankful that you have found us and that we have found you. And our prayer is that as you study with us today from God's word, that you will be impressed with the fact that we do exactly as the name of the program suggests. We search the scriptures. We dig deep into God's word. We look at it in depth and in detail, and we try to explain it in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your regular daily life. We want to help you come closer to God by teaching you more fully what his word has to say, helping you understand it. <clears throat> we realize that a lot of people think that the Bible is difficult to comprehend. Well, maybe if you're going about it in a not very productive way, but basically it's fairly easy to understand. Maybe you need some guidance, at least to get started. Well, that's what we're here for. We want to help you understand better. After all, it is through God's word that our faith in God develops properly. We keep emphasizing what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 10 and verse 17. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. So you need to know God's word to have the faith that you need to have in God and in Christ. And our prayer is that as you learn the Bible more fully, in more detail, more correctly, that your faith in God will be growing stronger and deeper. And that as that happens, you'll be coming naturally closer to God. And our prayer further is that you will ultimately make up your mind to come to him all the way through Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Christ openly, and surrendering to him in baptism for the remission of your sins, being buried with him in that watery grave or grave of water, baptism, and in that way, demonstrating a likeness to his being buried in that tomb. And as he came forth from that grave alive, resurrected, you come forth from that grave of water, baptism, raised up to walk a new life a life in Christ, a life wherein you've been reborn spiritually, and a life that has changed direction for you. Now you're pointed firmly toward heaven, and you're walking with the Lord. Our prayers are with you, and our prayers are for you. We're going to continue in our study on the importance of sound doctrine. I think a lot of people, they have an idea, and it's a rather loose concept in their mind that they need to believe in God, but they're not sure exactly what it is that they're supposed to believe, or maybe to what depth they're supposed to believe in God. They may not really know that much about God. They have some broad concepts that he's the creator, that he's the heavenly father, 
that he is the one who got everything going in this world, but it may not be much beyond that. Well, they might think of him as, as love and a God of power, but again, they may not think very deeply. They may not have been taught very deeply about the nature of God. Now, we've gone into that in previous programs in a great deal of depth, so we're not going to dig into all of that today. But coupled with that is a whole lot of people, and I will emphasize most people, don't really know that much about what the Bible really teaches. They don't read it much. Some people may go to churches that in some surface level fashion perhaps teach a little bit of scripture or refer to a few scriptures here and there, but there's not a whole lot of in-depth teaching from the Bible. Now, I'm not saying that in any kind of arrogant way I'm saying that from experience, having talked to many of those people over the years. So they don't really have a really good understanding of what it is to follow God faithfully. When you talk about doctrine, as we have been talking about in this particular series of studies, the importance of sound doctrine, they may not really know what that word means. Well, we've explained it. Very simple terms in this study. Doctrine simply means teaching. And we've emphasized that over and over here in Search the Scriptures in many, many programs. Now, that word importance, that indicates that there is more than just a surface level need or, or understanding of this term doctrine or teaching. And then when you put the modifier sound before the word doctrine, then you're saying this is a study on how it is important to understand not just some teaching, but true teaching. Sound means true, reliable, trustworthy, teaching that you can have confidence in as being correct, as being true. So we need to understand that it's not just believing something that we need to do. It's not just believing in God some way. But we need to make sure that we believe the truth of God's word, that we understand it correctly and make the proper applications to our lives because not only believing in God intellectually that's not all that we need to do, and that's not what's going to get us to heaven, but we need to believe in him to the extent that we put our belief into practice, that we live our faith. And we cannot know how to live our faith if we don't know the basis of that faith, and that's God's word. Again, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing the word of God. So we've got to know, at least in basic what God's word teaches so that we can know how to be faithful to him. In our last program, we closed by emphasizing this particular principle. Now, we've looked at a number of passages of scripture already that have played on this particular principle of sound doctrine or sound words. John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, Jesus said, If you abide in or live in, live by my words, 
you are my disciples indeed. So in order to be a true follower of Jesus, that's what the word disciple means, follower, we're going to have to live by his teachings. And then Jesus used the interchangeable word, truth. And that's what he meant by words. If you live by, if you abide in, abide by, live in, live by my word, you are my disciples indeed. And then he says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The word truth and the word word in that particular text are interchangeable. He's talking about one and the same thing. The truth is his word. Now, from a broader perspective, we're talking about the word of God. As Jesus prayed in the night of his betrayal, in John chapter 17 and verse 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So the word of God is the truth that we must live in and live by. And when we're talking about truth, we're talking about something that is narrow. We're not talking about some broadly based individual interpretation of what we think or feel good about. A whole lot of people feel good about some things that are absolutely wrong. And a whole lot of people feel badly about some things that are absolutely true because they're living in contradiction to those truths. We must know the truth, and we must live by that truth. Now, we've noted in different passages, 2 John chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, that we must live by the doctrine of Christ, the teachings of Christ. And that would be all the teachings about him and of him, by him, in order to be with him, to be with God, to be walking with him. We're even told in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 3 through 5, to withdraw ourselves from anyone who will not abide by the teachings of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that particular instruction is repeated in Romans chapter 16 and verse 17. You see, that's how important it is that we make sure that we not only know the truth, but that we live by the truth. Truth is narrow again. That's not popular, a popular concept or understanding in our culture in this country right now because we want everything to be okay. But not, everything is not okay. Truth is truth. And it's truth whether anybody believes it or not. It's still truth. You can be driving down the road and you can come to a sign that says, stop, bridge out. And you can disbelieve that with all of your heart and just press down on the accelerator and plow ahead and go right over the edge of the bridge to your destruction. You could have believed it with all of your heart that the sign was not telling you the truth, that the bridge was really there, intact. But your belief, your feeling good about it, did not change the fact that the bridge was out. That was the real truth. Now, we understand that particular principle in other areas of our life, but for some reason, we want to disregard it when it comes to our spiritual lives, our Christian lives. We want to, to have it our way. 
We don't want to have to be tied down to truth. We wanted to be able to make up the truth for ourselves. We want to be able to interpret it so that it'll fit what we believe, what makes us feel good. That's not truth. And that's not the way to seek truth. When we look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, 1 Timothy chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 9 through 11 here. And notice what the Apostle Paul writes here. And notice how he ties together again two particular expressions. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verses 9 through 11. He writes, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for the lawless and insubordinate, for the ungodly and for sinners, for the unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for fornicators, for sodomites, for kidnappers, for liars, for perjurers. And if there is any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, Anything that is contrary to sound doctrine. Now, certainly we would look at this particular list that the Apostle Paul wrote here in verses 9 and 10. And we'd say, well, yeah, those are descriptions of sinful practices or lifestyles. But then he uses this catch-all phrase because it's not an all-inclusive list here. He would have been writing on and on and on and on and on to cover all the, different kind, all the different sins and all the different kinds of sins. But he simply says, and any other thing that is contrary or contradictory to sound doctrine. Now we've talked about what that phrase sound doctrine means. Doctrine simply means teaching. It's an easily understood word. And sound means true or correct teaching. So anything that is contrary to sound doctrine or true teaching. But true teaching based on what? Well, verse 11. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which is committed to my trust. Sound doctrine based upon or according to the gospel. The word of God. That's the standard for determining true teaching. We can't just decide it for ourselves. We can't just make it up. We can't twist it to fit our particular preconceived beliefs or twist it around to make us feel good in the life that we're living because we don't want to have to make any changes or any commitment. No, we've got to accept the truth as the truth. And so Paul says there, the law is for anyone who would live contrary to sound doctrine or true teachings. And those true teachings, again, interchangeable terms here, the gospel. That's what he's talking about. In the broader base, we understand the gospel to be the word of God or the Bible. So our beliefs need to conform to what the gospel teaches, what God's word really says. That's sound doctrine. That's true teaching. When Paul was writing his letter to the Galatian congregations, and 
this would have been a number of congregations in the area of Galatia at that particular time. He's writing to them, and he is disturbed because they have already been influenced to some degree by false doctrine or untrue teaching, false teaching. Somebody had come in there after they had been taught the truth of the gospel, and they had, well, tainted that truth. They had tried to combine false teaching with the true teaching, and Paul, in this particular text, tells them, "Uh uh-uh, that doesn't work. When you change the gospel of Christ, it's no longer the gospel of Christ. Now, let's look, beginning with verse 6 in Galatians chapter 1. Paul says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Well, now, if he'd stopped right there, we might have concluded that, okay, I guess there are different Gospels. But he didn't stop there. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different Gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. And what does that word translated pervert mean? Distort or twist. And notice that at the beginning of verse 7, he said, when they have done this, it's no longer the gospel. Because he says, it is not another. In other words, there is no different gospel. There's only one true gospel. Remember, we're talking about sound doctrine here and the importance of sound doctrine, the importance of knowing the truth, understanding it, and living by that truth in truth. He goes on in verse 8 and he says, But even if we or an angel from heaven, I don't think we should understand that he's suggesting that an angel from heaven could come down and teach them something that would contradict the true gospel. But he's using a hypothetical possibility here. And he's saying, even if this were to happen, even if an angel from heaven came down and preached any other gospel to you than, that, than, than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed, accursed, condemned. As we have said before, so say I now again. If anyone preaches, now this is where it gets more realistic, Anyone, in other words, anybody, anybody in this world, any human being, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. So Paul says, I marvel, I'm surprised. Apparently it had not been very long since the gospel had been preached in this particular area, and these folks had become Christians. Somebody, a false teacher, comes in and begins to teach them some untruth, some false doctrine, false teaching, mixing it with the truth. And Paul says, that won't work. By doing that, they've changed the gospel and it's no longer the gospel. 
He's not saying it's a variation from the gospel. He says it's no longer the gospel. He said they're perverting, they're distorting, they're twisting the gospel. And when they do that, it ceases to be the gospel. It loses its identity as the gospel because it's no longer the truth. And then he so emphatically emphasizes if anybody, even if it were an angel from heaven, if you could imagine that happening, teaching you something other than any other gospel than what you have been taught already by us, let him be accursed. Let him be condemned. We don't accept anything but the truth. That should be our standard. We're talking about sound doctrine. We're talking about true teaching. And we cannot compromise in the truth. Now, people will say, well, well you know, this, this part's true. You know, it's not all false. They're still talking about believing in Jesus. No, we've got to accept the gospel totally, or it's no longer the gospel that we accept. I've used the illustration before. You can go to the store, and you can buy a box of rat poison, and you can examine the contents of that particular box, and pretty much all of it's edible, except for a very small, and I mean a very small percentage, that is poison. It's that small percentage that ruins the whole box. You don't want to eat any of it because it's got that small percentage of poison in there. And that very small percentage is what kills the rat and could make you sick or kill you if you were to ingest it yourself. Truth is narrow. Paul says you change the true teachings, the true doctrine of Christ, it's no longer the doctrine of Christ. And anybody who would do that, he says, let him be accursed, condemned. Strong statement? Absolutely. Because you see, eternal life hangs in the balance. We need to follow the truth if we, went to, if we want to be for all of eternity with the God of truth. We're going to stop here. We'll finish this up next time. So be sure to tune back in next time, and we'll continue and finish this particular study on the importance of sound doctrine. Now, in just a moment, we'll tell you how you can contact us, and you can begin to study sound doctrine for yourself through a Bible study that we would be glad to send you through the regular mail. It is absolutely free. We'll even take care of the postage. All you have to do is ask. So Write down that information and then contact us right away, won't you?